rebuilding um, the, the walls of Jerusalem. And I think for us, we're trying to learn our lessons that we can take from here about building a life with God. G.K. Chesterton once said, God tells us to pray for our neighbours and to pray for our enemies. And that's usually because they're the same people. And uh, it was definitely the same for Nehemiah. He came in, he came in back to Jerusalem where he'd heard his brother had been. We don't even know whether he'd ever been there. He had been kept in captivity. His family had been kept in captivity in Babylon. And he, was, he came back because he, loved, he wanted to see the, the, the town, the city of his forefathers, restored. And when he came back in, other people didn't like it. When he started to build up the walls, other people didn't like it. And as I said earlier, it's at this critical stage. He's been getting on with the, the business and they've started. But then people start, uh, the opposition starts, the accusations start flying, doubts start be- creeping in. And it comes mostly from these two people, Sam Ballot and Tobiah. I love these names. They're fantastic. They just sound like baddies. Um, sorry if your name is Sam Ballet or Tobiah, I'm, I'm so, so, suddenly realised. Um, but they're great names. But just very quickly, I'm going to go through the different ways that they try to, to put off, to oppose this building, this, new, this rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, and look at some of the ways that we have to suffer opposition. As I think for all of us, we all suffer opposition. We know what it's like. We, we may not be persecuted like Christians in North Korea. It may not be just about being persecuted for our faith, though many of us will know that, or for the, the way that we follow our faith. Some, some of us will receive that opposition in our, by our families and our friends. How do we deal with it? And I want to look at how Nehemiah dealt with it very quickly, and then look at how we deal with it. First, looking back to the beginning of of chapter 4. When Sanballat heard we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. And ridicule, we all know what it's like. When we're trying to do something well, when we're trying to build, build a project, when we're trying to build a life with God, we can suffer ridicule. I don't know if you've had ridicule from friends for the fact that you go to church or... You've, you've been to church or, or even for a project that you know you've been called to do and people try and naysay it they try and put it down and that's exactly what Sanballat does he questions he questions the work why are you doing this? he ridiculed the people he said will they restore their wall? he's quite making them question are they going to do it? He's ridiculing the, the workers. He's going, will they offer sacrifices? What are those feeble Jews doing? He makes them question how, how long it's going to take. Will they finish in a day? And then he questions the materials they've got. Oh, shoddy materials there. Oh, don't like that. Yeah. He questions those. And the question of ridicule comes, we know it so well, when people start questioning and we see it all the way through the Bible. If you think about Adam and Eve in the garden, 
The first question the serpent asked Eve is God, did God really say that? It's that questioning, that, that ridicule. Did God really make sowing doubts in our minds? And it was the same for Jesus when Jesus was in the desert being tempted by Satan. Satan said, if you really are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, these questions. But how does Nehemiah respond? He responds in prayer. Verse 4. If you look, hear us, O God, for we are despised. The first thing that that Nehemiah does is that he has a heart to pray. Richard was talking about this last week, that it's, it's a continual process, that Nehemiah has, he's been practicing. He, he, he has a heart that will turn to God. He's always turning to God. And it's when it's, things are easy and we pray, then when things are hard, it will be easier to pray. And that's what he does. He has a heart to pray. That's how he faces the ridicule. And he says some pretty nasty things but if you think about it he's been his he and his family have been held in captivity and has been given over to plunder and sometimes if we're being ridiculed we want to throw it back at other people we want to get back at them but what Nehemiah does is he turns his frustration and his anger to God and I don't know if you're like me but I can I seethe inside when I when people say things I'm not very good at saying things out loud But to God, I know I can take it to God. And when I do that, it's like a lightning conductor. It's like it it takes the energy out. It means that I don't go all passive-aggressive on the people that that I'm trying to deal with. Even though, because their doubts might well have been, been legitimate. They might not have been. It might have been just the way I received it. But the first thing, when there's ridicule or there's opposition, we need to have a heart to pray. Then the next thing they do is intimidation. Verse 7. When Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites, and the men of Asher had heard the repairs to Jerusalem's wall had gone ahead, and the gaps had been closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together and come and fight. Um, I know a number of you, um, by the number of children next door, have children, and if you've ever come up against a toddler who is absolutely raging, you just think, you, you know what opposition is like. And I think that's what, what, for Nehemiah, he was coming up against opposition. And it is a bit like toddlers, when they need to know where you stand. And sometimes it's hard work. I know, I've watched my friends and my, my cousins, and, um, and I've watched you but sort of dealing with your children and, make, and disciplining them, make it, giving them boundaries. And that's hard work. And certainly here, in, for Nehemiah, when they realized they couldn't do it by, by saying words and by intimidation, they decided to use force. They tried to come against Nehemiah in an even greater way. But he kept his head, he held his nerve, and he set a watch. Verse 9. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet his threat. So often when we are intimidated, or when people try and intimidate us, if we stand up to them, they usually will shrink back. Very often. They, they, they're usually pushing their luck, especially if they're bullies. They, they, want, they want to push their luck. They want to cow us into a corner. 
And if we're suffering intimidation, so often it's, it's just saying, no, this is where I am. It's standing a watch. It's standing your ground. Richard very often says, which has come back, to, back and back to me, that in, in marriage, in relationships, in parenting, holding your nerve is the most important thing. And I think that's what Nehemiah does. He posts a watch. He makes a stand. So against ridicule, he has a heart to pray. And when there's intimidation, he keeps his head, he, he sets a watch. He watches and prays. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane says, watch and pray. Or if you remember Sister Act and that song, Happy Day. He taught me how, you know, you know that song, to watch and pray. I won't sing it for you. So a heart to pray, an eye to watch. And then there's discouragement. It's not always externally, that opposition, but it's sometimes internally. Or within our families, people get discouraged and start going, oh, it's never going to get done. It's never going to happen. And that's what happens here. Verse 10. The people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there's so much rubble we can't rebuild the wall. It's that discouragement. And we know what it's like when we have people that are just always down, discouraging. So what does Nehemiah do to stop that complaining and stop the discouragement? He gathers them together. And it's, we hear again and again in the Bible, the Israelites grumbled. Um, when they were coming in the, in the desert, the disciples grumbled. But what, we, what Jesus did, what Moses did, and what we do today when we feel discouraged or grumbling, we gather together. That's why we meet on a Sunday. That is to encourage one another, is to remind ourselves to look up, to look up at God and who God is. And that's what Nehemiah does. He, he preaches to them. He encourages them. He, he gives... He's so... Uh, And for us, if we're feeling discouraged, we need an ear to hear. We need to remember. We need to hear that encouragement. To remember what God has said. To hear what God has said. We need, when we face opposition to this building, a life with God, we need a heart to pray, an eye to watch, an ear to hear, and finally, a mind to work. The last area that they try and oppose um, the work of God is by fear. They try and set fear into the people's hearts. And look at Nehemiah in verse 11. All our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we'll be right there among them. We'll kill them and put an end to the work. They try and set fear. And we know that fear is the opposite of faith. When we have faith and belief and trust It's hard. When we have fear, it is the most crippling thing to trying to set our life and living a life for God, living our life and building the project that we've been called to build and building our life with faith. Teddy Roosevelt, the President of the United States, at the beginning, he came into into term in office just at the beginning of the, the Great Depression. And his phrase was this, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And when we, turn, when we follow fear, when we, we get drawn into that fear, 
that's when we start to lose momentum on the building. But again, how does Nehemiah respond? He responds, he he sets them to work, he organizes them, he keeps them focused. And for us, so often with our lives of faith, we get all fearful of what other people think. We get fearful about how things might um, turn out or, or about our doubts. But so often what we need to do is to start exploring, to st- just keep going. Richard was speaking last week that is to fa- about Nehemiah facing the fear, but doing it anyway. Facing our fear, but doing what we're called to do anyway. And so... Nehemiah sets them to work. He keeps their minds on the task. He gathers them them together. He brings them together so that they can see they're not alone. That they're together. They can do it together. That's why we meet. And certainly that's part of Count Me In, um, for those of you that are here as part of a church, of why we want that growing part of Count Me In, of our regular, of our annual sort of... uh, calling what we're going to be involved in in the year ahead and how we want to be involved in the church. And that growing, that growing to be part of, of, in our faith, that commitment to grow in our faith is so important. And that stops the fears when we're focused, when we're organized, intentional about building up our faith, then the fears often side away. So if we're faced with opposition, as Nehemiah was, we need a heart to pray an eye to watch, an ear to hear, and a mind to work. But it, through it all, they remembered that God was the one. It wasn't just them that was doing it. They did all they could, but God was the one who is in control. We must do our bit, but God is the one in control. Verse 4, hear us, O God. Verse 9, and he says again, but we prayed to our God and posted to God day and night to meet this threat. And then he says in verse 14, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And finally in verse 20, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us here. Our God will fight for us. And what we each need to know as we go out into this, into the week in building our lives with faith, especially for Noah, for him, for each one of us, as he builds his life with with God, we're going to need to remember to do all those things, but to remember that God is the one that is in control and will be guiding us. Let's pray, and we're going to sing a final song. Father, help us follow you. And trust in you when we receive opposition. When the people try and sow doubt, intimidate us, discourage us, or set fear. Give us a heart to pray, an eye to watch, an ear to hear, and a mind to work. Trusting that you are the one who's guiding us and leading us and ultimately in control. In Jesus' name, amen.